ah, ah, ooh, ooh, ooh. It just makes me wanna go, ah, ah, Lithuania, Lithuania. I feel like I'm going to have to do that like every time, y'all. Like it just gets me like, ooh, ooh, what's her name? What's her way? Anyway, guys, hello. Welcome to Analog Girl Podcast. This is your podcast for your 30-somethings and your 40-something-year-olds. And we're on a quest to get our analog lives in this digital-driven world. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys. I'm getting such good feedback. Um, so I'm going to keep going. How y'all doing? I hope your anxiety levels are low to non-existent. Anxiety check-in for me. Um, This week has been a little rough. So uh, if you've been listening, you know that um, I'm I'm in the throes of an upward winning battle of anxiety. Um, But I also lost a I lost a very close friend last week, so it's been a little rough, y'all. It's been a little rough. So my levels, they've been high. They've been trying it. Um, But I was able to go to the gym. I've been going to the gym hardcore this week because that that is like that's my therapy, my medicine. I feel like anytime I want to instantly feel better, going to the gym does that for me. Um, So, yeah, I've been hardcore in there. So it's like, why not go get snatched? Like, why not snatch this basin? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Let me get this cute thing going on too at the same time. So that's been working working out good for me. I also sit in the sauna after I work out, which has been great. And I do my deep breathing exercises in there. So if you do have a gym and you have access to a sauna and you ain't using it, um, you're missing out. So get up in that sauna after a workout. You will you'll definitely see um you'll see um you'll feel the difference when you go into a sauna, you do some deep breathing exercises after the fact. So yeah, so how you guys doing? Um, today I have a treat for y'all. I hate when you say treat and it just sounds like somebody old. Like, say I have a treat. Mm, no, today I today we're gonna discuss uh, imposter syndrome. Um, I guess it's a coin phrase. Well, I guess I shouldn't call it a coin phrase. It's a new phrase. Maybe it's not a new phrase. It's a phrase, y'all. Um, and it deals with um. It can be a syndrome that you have. It can be something where you feel like you're an imposter and you can have it. It it can affect you in your personal life and it can affect you in your professional life. Of course, for me, because I'm just weird and special like that, it affects me in both sides of my life, like personal and professional. So uh, my homegirl, Steph, Steph, the life architect. Okay, she's a life coach. She is popping out here in these streets. She's saving lives. She is doing it up for all the young ladies out here. I have, well, young ladies and young men. I have to keep adding, I I have to keep reminding myself to say ladies and guys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, men, men, y'all are included. Cause I, I'm getting like text messages and emails like, yo, include the bros. Like we listen to you, include us. So I'm including you guys. Um, but Steph, she gets it together for the guys and the girls. Um, she helps you get your best life. She helps you live your best life. She helps you navigate um, the ins and the outs and um, get rid of all that negativity that's trying to stop you. You know what I mean? Because that negativity and that anxiety, we call that's that creep bum bastard. Like we get, we get rid of that. Um, and she's going to help us do that today with um, imposter syndrome. So uh, again, I'll be telling y'all all my business. So I mean, get in tune. Don't be, don't be taken back by what I said. You know, I'm very open about my experience and my journey with mental health and living my best life. So what better way to do it than to speak my truth? Um, so I, I put it all out there for you guys. Stephanie's going to help me. She's going to help y'all. Um, and I think it was a great conversation. So I hope you guys listen all the way through. I, actually, you should listen all the way through because she got gems all the way up until the very end of the of the podcast. So check it out. And if you want to contact Steph, I'm going to put all her information in the description box. Um, I'm going to link it on my social media too as well. Um, and I hope you all get your entire lives. And I hope if you do self-aware, if you see, if you feel like you self-aware imposter syndrome or anything um, has resonated with you with this podcast, please don't forget, reach out to me, send me a comment, <clears throat> rate, subscribe, or you can email me at info at analoggirlpodcast.com and we can chit chat. 
All right. So check it out. Okay. Well, hello, guys. I am here with one of my homegirls that I've known from a very young age. Um, I would say we met when uh was about 13 years old. Maybe younger, maybe 12, 12, 13. I think so. I was a hood rat. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was a bird. Uh, we known each other. We're church friends. We are. We're church friends, but we ran the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've known her for quite some time. And she is my love bunny and always been in my corner. And her name is Stephanie. And she is the life architect. Yes, I am. And I will let her introduce herself to you guys. Hello, Toya D's world. <laughs> like, I am so happy to be here. As Toya said, it is Stephanie, the life architect, the CEO of Better Life Choices of New York, which is an emotional architectural firm. I help people build, customize, and design their emotional lives. I am basically a human GPS. I guide you to the emotional health destination of your choice as a certified professional life coach. Hmm. I don't even know what you just said, but I know it's fancy and I know you're doing it. Thank you. (laughs) You are too much. All right. So guys, I have Stephanie here today because we want to talk about imposter syndrome. And I feel like that is something that a lot of women and men um, are suffering from, I guess. we Should we say suffering? I would call it suffering, especially if you don't know what it is. Okay. When you haven't defined it and you can't figure out why you're feeling this heavy self-doubt, I would call it suffering. Okay. So yeah, we're suffering from it. I definitely have imposter syndrome and I've been working on trying to not have it as much or do away with it a hundred percent. Um, and I feel I, in just talking with other people, I know that this is something that we as a uh, black people, mm-hmm. um, go through to a lot, um, because of our situations that we are dealing with on, a, we're in a racially charged world right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I just feel like, especially in the workplace and in relationships, that we do suffer with imposter syndrome. Um, so we're going to talk about that today. Um, and, the, and the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because my podcast is geared towards a lot of the 30-somethings and 40-something-year-olds. I feel like we're getting pushed by the wayside a lot. There's mm-hmm. a lot. Everything is to the millennial mm-hmm. first. Um, and there's a lot of content and a lot of workshops and all this stuff to learn how to budget your money, to learn how to live your best life, to get out of depression, to do all this kind of stuff for, and it's a lot of times to the millennial first. Mm -hmm. And I think that, and then, you know, you have your baby boomers who are kind of already set, you know, in life, not really set, but they had, they had their own foundation or they had their own societal uh, push right. for them. But what about us? And then, yes. So <laughs> then we have the Gen Xers and I think we're kind of get like, we're the middle children of um, the generations and there's not a lot of content out there for us to um, live our best lives. I agree. So um, that is the reason why I created Analog Girl. Um, and I wanted to have an outlet for men and women. I have to include men because there are men listening now yes. and they have already sunned me. Okay. Excuse there was, me, it was, a, it was a few men that have listened and been like, so I feel like, um, like, is this just for women? Because no. like, I want to learn. We love you too, too, boys. Hello, boys. Yes. Hey boy. Hey, hey, analog boy. Hey, analog daddy. How you do, analog <laughs> daddy. How you doing, analog daddy? <laughs> so, <laughs> I think you made a great point. Um, but. I feel like the pressure to live our best life is Mm -hmm. a lot. I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of people are stressed out because they're focused on best life living Mm -hmm. before they even get to better life living. Okay. Right. Which makes sense. Thus the name of my company, Better Life Choices of New York, because Mm -hmm. I just was like, well, before I get to best, what about better? What about different? Mm -hmm. What about just a little bit, you know, better than focusing on best? Because best is a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. And I feel like our age group has a lot of pressure to be the best, full of black excellence only. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, what about if today I just want to be okay? Right. I just want to get out of bed and not feel like I'm not enough today. Exactly. Like, can I have a podcast for that? Oh. It's Analog Girl. <laughs> and that's what Analog Girl is here to there do. There you go. You know, to just... And you're right when you say we're always saying... Because you know the song, like, we listen to Cardi B. I'm living my best life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do want to just... 
always want to live this American dream, we quote unquote, and we put so much pressure. And for myself, being 38 years old, like I feel like I haven't met a lot of the the goals that I had on my timeline. So in in turn, I'm like, oh, I'm just so hard on myself. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm not alone in that. And so today we're going to discuss, I think, what I think to be the main, the number one culprit as to why I'm not, a, I'm not accomplishing the things that I have on my timeline. Okay. Um, and that's imposter syndrome. So I guess we'll start out with just defining what it is. Okay. I have the technical term definition here. It is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments and has persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Imposter suffers um, from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that seems to override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence. Mm. So no matter what you have proof of, you just feel like you're still not worthy. You mm-hmm. don't understand why you have it. How did you get it? And you feel like everyone else believes that about you too. And I like to tell my clients that if the word imposter sounds too strong for you, understand that it's the big cousin of self-doubt. Okay. Okay. And it definitely is self-doubt. Um, my experience with imposter syndrome is all of that. Everything you just read. All of it together. <laughs> like my whole entire being, you just snatched with a definition. <laughs> like that whole definition is like, I feel like has become my life. And unfortunately, but I am on the quest mm. um, through Analog Girl yes, and other avenues and therapy and everything else um, and self-help to change that. And it is very changeable. So if you are listening and you feel like you are suffering from this mm-hmm. and you're and you're having experiences with imposter syndrome, this is very changeable. Like, and I, I think that also too, it doesn't, it's not going to take you years and years upon years to change it either. Right. Um, but yes, yeah, so my experience with imposter syndrome, um, it's in work and it's in relationships. Okay. So it affects me personally um, and then it also affects me professionally. So here's the two things, and I'm going to try to make this long story short. They got time, girl. Even though sometimes my short stories become long. <laughs> so on the on the professional side, um, many of you guys know, I've told you guys I was homeless. I had gone through a lot of um, ups and downs with jobs, and I felt like I would be getting, I would get these jobs um, and then once I got the jobs, um, um, an enormous amount of fear would come over me um, on whether or not I would be able to keep this job. I don't know how I developed this fear. I don't know how I developed the doubt because it's like I obviously, you know, knew how knew how to do the work because I wouldn't have been able to get the job and interview for it and pass supersede a whole bunch of people and get the job. Um, if I didn't know what I was doing. So, um, I think once I get there and I go through a training or I hit a roadblock or something like that, then I start to think, oh my gosh, this job, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I am. I'm, I don't think I'm equipped to do this. Right. And I'm not going to lie. Y'all there's times I'll be like, do I got a learning disorder? <laughs> like, am I dyslexic? Like Theo like, from the Cosby yeah, show? I'll be like, maybe I'm dyslexic. Maybe like what's going on. Yeah. And I think, you know, like also too, because like in, in, in college, a lot of things for me was a hustle. Mm. So what do you mean? Like I had to hustle my way through college. Like, I, you know, sometimes I would get up and maybe write a paper last minute, but I would get a good grade on it. Okay. So I don't know if maybe in my mind I'm thinking, or, you know, like I just down, I just knew how to write a paper. I learned how to do the, I learned ins and outs and shortcuts mm-hmm. to be able to, to uh, excel in school. Okay. And I was always pushed through. So I guess when it comes to work and being a professional in, in, in the office, like I, now I, I don't have time to do last minute work. I do have to have a plan. Right. I, things need to have some kind of, um, organiz- organization, you know what I mean? So I think that in itself started to give me fear. And then I would start to self-sabotage um, subconsciously because mm-hmm. it wasn't like I was like, I'm going to come into work and I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> right. You know, like I would get to work and maybe stare at my screen for like two hours. Oh, girl, welcome to my day every day. <laughs> they don't know they paying me to do absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yes. Like I would stare at my screen or I'm going out to lunch and I'm like checking out from the job or even checking out from my coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's happened to me now in my pre in my current job where I kind of have checked out. But that was also with the me suffering from the DP, DP. and the and and the um, anxiety. Mm-hmm. But 
the anxiety was not the cause of me. I guess I could have found a way to push through with the anxiety and the DP and not self-sabotage the job. So that is my experience with imposter syndrome and feeling like I don't belong. Hmm. And I also felt like I didn't belong there because I was one of the only people of color there. Mm -hmm. So I was always feeling like, how did I get this job? Why did they even choose me? Like, did is this an affirmative action? You know, like, am I the token? <laughs> yeah, I was yes. like, was this affirmative action? Did they just need a black girl here? Is that why they chose me? Did they really choose me because they thought I was smart? Did they really choose me because they liked my personality? Right. Like, I was going through all of that. Like, why did they choose me? I think it just started to bundle, like jumble up inside of me. And then I, in turn, started to self-sabotage in the position. Right. So that's one thing. I know that's a lot, y'all. That's not I a just lot. Gave I actually a lot. have a question about it. When mm-hmm. you're asking yourself all these questions, why they choose me? Why, why, why? Do you ever stop to ask yourself, why do I care? Why does it matter? I guess I do ask myself, like, girl, what the hell are you thinking about? But then that's not the same question. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. So I guess maybe I don't. <laughs> maybe you don't. Yeah. yeah. A lot maybe of times we allow the questions to come into our heads and take over our bodies, but we're not asking ourselves the right questions or mm. different questions. Mm-hmm. It's okay that I feel, you know, to ask myself, why do they want me here? But then why am I not asking myself, why do I care? Why does that matter? I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm already in this chair. I'm in this office. Let me swivel around mm-hmm. in this nice, comfy office chair and let me just allow myself to be. Yeah. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. True. And I don't, I guess I don't do that. Um, and I guess that's the anxiety part of mm-hmm. it. And um, part of my anxiety is that always feeling embarrassed. Yeah. So, so I'm always very conscious of if people are watching me or people are looking at me. Mm. Um, so it's also a black thing too, um, because we, we are often, we have to put on our white voices. Yeah. We have to be acceptable. We have to make them feel comfortable. And yeah. we don't want to, since we're one of the only ones in the place, mm-hmm. whatever we do, we don't want it to affect how they see all black women. Right. Right. So exactly. I'm constantly embarrassed to do certain things or say certain things or because the way I regularly talk. Right. But I, and I don't change. I just, I don't change who I am. It's like, even in regular conversation, like my thought process is not their thought process. Well, we have different experiences yeah. and different lives. So yeah. how we think something is going down, we like, shit is shady up in here. Yeah, you know? exactly. And they be like, and then they'll start falling out laughing like, oh, that's so funny. And we'd like, be like, no, 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 no. I was so serious. There's a disturbance in the force. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> like, um, yes. So like, I get it. Everything we say and do is not a fucking joke. Yeah, you know? we have to constantly question our actions, our motives, how we speak, what we speak, and there a level of embarrassment comes with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my experience. One of my experiences with imposter syndrome in the workplace, um, and then my other one, um, which I believe is like the more important one, because I just feel like love is the key. Love is it, y'all. Love is it. You know, Sorry, I love you, girl. I love you too. <laughs> and like finding true love and being, I think being in a fruitful, fruitful relationship and or having companionship in life is like one of the things that I think is so important. I feel like that's one of the reasons why we're here. We were mm-hmm. created to love. We were created to connect. We were created to reproduce. And that's why I say it's the most important thing where other people probably would be like, getting money is the most important thing. But no, I feel like the most important thing about my imposter syndrome is that um, I think I have imposter syndrome in relationships. So I can be dating someone and just off the bat, will be like, he's not going to be interested in me anymore after we have sex. Mm. Or... um, even if we are, even if we do have a long-term relationship, um, I'm constantly questioning, like, well, what is he attracted to me about? Like, or why, like, I got to constantly keep hearing someone say that I'm beautiful or I need him to tell me you that. need affirmations. I need affirmations from that person all the time. Mm-hmm. And even though I can be telling myself those affirmations or I could be feeling good about myself getting dressed in this house and walk outside. It's like when I see the person that I'm dating, I need that person to tell me that I look good or, mm-hmm. you know, and then that will in turn fulfill me. You Do know? you believe them when they tell you? I guess I believe it at that point, that when moment, it, that moment uh-huh. but I think there's a whole long go- ongoing thing in my head. Like, does he, is he, did he wake up this morning and say like, 
does he think that I look ugly this morning? You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, like that's your anxiety. State. Yeah, yeah. So like everything in my head is like, okay, he probably thinks I look ugly today, or we could be arguing and I have no makeup on. And I'd be like, girl, he probably like, why the fuck I'm even arguing with her? Look at her. She don't got no makeup on. She look crazy. You I shouldn't be talking to this woman. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, right. So like that kind of crazy stuff goes on in my head. Well, let's not label it crazy. Okay. Words mean things. I okay. will not let You're you right. do that to yourself. You're right. You know, so that them. kind of stuff yes. goes on in, in my head. Or I'm like, is does he really like bald head? Like, here's one of the things that might go on to go and go on in my mind. Like, I'm kissing someone, and I'm like, does he feel like he's kissing a man? <laughs> you, you get on my last fucking nerve, Toya. <laughs> Yo, and I just be like, I'm not good enough for this person. Like, why is he even interested in someone who's bald? Like, what is this? Like, why is he interested in me? And then in the beginning stages, when I meet someone, I'm automatically like. I automatically start self-sabotaging in the conversation. What do you, the, the, elaborate? Because I'm like, I don't feel like I'm good enough for this person. Or I feel like this person only wants to talk to me because he wants to have sex with me. Mm-hmm. And then we have sex. And then he might not, he might not be walking away from the situation, but I would then in turn like delete the number. Yeah. You try to and, beat him to it. And beat him to it. Right. And just be like, I'm just never going to call him again because I just feel like he's not going to call me. Yeah, that's you putting your wall up Mm -hmm. and you trying to beat him to the imaginary path that he's going to take, Mm -hmm. right? So you're like, let me do this. Let me be the one to cut it off. But he hurt me and cut it off. Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely anxiety. It's definitely anxiety. It's definitely me feeling like... I'm just an imposter and like, I'm just not, you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like, I can get the good looking man, but can I keep him? Well, you can, (laughs) you can, it's doable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we got on the mic, when we talked about this, I told Toya, it's not just what's in her head. I do believe that because again, she is a beautiful chocolate woman, right? Mm -hmm. With no hair on her head by choice. Mm -hmm. And because of the- And sorry to cut you off. And I've got no cancer. I'm not sick. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I cut Stop my it. hair off because I ain't have no... Your girl ain't have edges, okay? And she didn't want to... I have to constantly explain this because someone else someone else said that recently. Like, oh, did she have cancer? <sighs> That's Sit. another thing. You know, like, I ain't want to go to the beach and lose my... Come up for air. And my wig be floating. And my wig be out to the Atlantic Sea. Because that's what happens. So it happens. It does happen. Know? It happened it to happened. me in a pool before. Listen, and I've had to, like, save one of my home... Like, some of my homegirls, I had to save them. Like, oh, we got to hold on to the wig while we in the beach. <laughs> I didn't want that for my life. You don't I have to, to have that. Free. Yes. I wanted to lay in the salt water and enjoy it and be free and be one with the, with the environment. So I said, you know, I'm going to shave my head and it's stuck. And you so, have that right. And so that's what and, I just... I feel and, like and I have folk, to say that all the time folk, let me, do let, me, me. let me get in your butts right quick. Stop <laughs> believing that just because someone doesn't have what's conventional means that they don't have it because something was wrong. Right. Right? right. So just because I just choose to go bold doesn't mean I had alopecia. Right? <laughs> and just because I choose to wear a weave or a wig doesn't mean I don't love myself or my hair is thinning. Right? Mm-hmm, I could mm-hmm. just choose to put on makeup because I like it don't mean I'm trying to cover up. Exactly. So let's get out of that. Yeah. Y'all getting on my nerves. Okay. okay. <laughs> now, Okay, so going back to what you were saying. Girl, I just feel like I'll be having to tell these people. Just play this clip every single time. Get your lives together. Um, As a black woman, you are already in this country, in this world, in society, already told because of your skin you are not enough. Mm -hmm. That you already have to compete because you're at the bottom of the totem pole. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what you're feeling is not necessarily all of your anxiety and all of your imposter syndrome. Society has bred that. They Put that seed in your head and every black woman listening, every black man listening. Mm-hmm. I don't care how hot a black man is. I don't care how dope uh, Idris Alba is. They don't give that kind of love to a black woman. Mm-hmm. I don't care if she's Naomi Campbell. I don't care if she's Neil Long. I don't care if she's a chocolate woman who's a celebrity. She still will not get as much praise mm-hmm. as a chocolate man. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're already, to me, conditioned to believe that you're not worthy because of your skin. And I can agree with that. There was just, there were times growing up. Up where there was I felt in, inadequate mm-hmm. um with friends and it's so crazy you guys know I um I recently lost a friend her name was Carlene and there was a time when we were teenagers and we went someplace to go um to go see some guys and he ultimately started he they, it was back in the day when you'd be like okay so he's gonna be with her <laughs> you're gonna be with him and you're gonna be with her we did that a few times yeah so, we yeah. did that a couple of times too <laughs> and so like it was set up like who was gonna be with what guy mm-hmm. and so when we got to the block to meet the guys um the guy was did not like me he liked Aletha who is light-skinned mm-hmm. and 
And her and I are best friend, and you know, I'm never, I have no, I love my life and sisters. You, no, too. you always I, give me love. Yeah, no shade. I have no ill will towards y'all. It, I always just internalize it about me. I mm-hmm. never had any anger towards anyone of light skin, because my mom is light skin. Right. So um, he ended up liking her. Carlene was the one who was like consoling me in the corner, like, girl, you're beautiful. Don't let it hurt. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry. You are so pretty. And I I remember that. And she started crying when Aww. she was telling me like how beautiful I was. But it was like, that wasn't registering with me mm-hmm. because he didn't want me. Right. You know what I mean? Because a lot of our worth is always associated to a man, to a man. and what he believes yes. we should de- we yes. deserve. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when you say that, yes, I do agree that... Um, I do agree that it does come from an experience yes, that definitely. I've had, yeah. you know, so yeah. Also back to our upbringings in our households, before we start liking boys, before we start dating, before we start going out that and bopping, right? Before we do all of that, where did we learn by a man that we were beautiful? If your father was in your household, if he wasn't your uncles, the men around you, are your first loves, Mm -hmm. right? For a Mm -hmm. woman, Mm -hmm. no matter who he was. Again, your stepdad, your favorite teacher, Mm -hmm. some male figure was the first person who put the first seed in your self-worth plant. Mm -hmm. So I would ask you, if you were my client, what is your history of your worth? What's Mm -hmm. the root of your worth Mm -hmm. as far as beauty is concerned from another man, especially a black man? Right. Um, So like, I'm like, why am I putting all of this? I guess... My father, I don't think, ever told me I was pretty. There we go. You know what I mean? Hello. <laughs> like, I can't remember. You can't recall one time. I could. Re- I think I could recall one time I had came around the corner and my father was like, oh, wow, you look nice. Okay. And I think that was like the day I was getting married or something like that. Okay. Or like, yeah, like it's very vague, but I don't have memories of my father saying you're a beautiful girl mm-hmm. like don't you know what i'm saying like um don't let anybody out here in these streets tell you anything different right. you're pretty you're beautiful instilling that in me no he did not do that right so i think i know for sure i got daddy issues mm-hmm. and that welcome that's, to the club <laughs> so i think that's where that comes from mm-hmm. me yearning for this male attention yes because i didn't get the positive male attention that i was looking for from my father and I was looking for it in the men. Right. You didn't get affirmed at all about your beauty, about how you look, your skin tone. But I got it from my mom. Yeah, but she's not a man. You see, you, right. you're doing well with female relationships mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. right? No matter mm-hmm. how much time lapses between us, we pick up right, right where, where we, we left, left off, off yes. right? Mm-hmm. But that's not a male relationship. That's mm-hmm. different. We have to look at the sexes in the relationships and understand why we follow and carry those things right. when we get older. Right. You aren't affirmed by a man about your beauty. Mm, okay. So you're constantly craving a man to affirm that for you. And mm-hmm. when he does it every day, all day, mm-hmm. you like, he don't want me. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, he, true. He don't want me because true. he didn't wake up, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and two snacks in between. But you needed at least five times I needed a day. It. I need it in my text messages. I need you to tell me every Girl. morning, good morning, beautiful. I need it. You need it all day. Like I said, <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner, fellas, and two snacks in between. She needs a minimum of five times. Now, mind you, affirmations could also be your love language. I believe it is. Right. So if you haven't taken the test, people, it's a free test online. Just Google five love languages. If that's your love language, or in addition to your anxiety, in addition to not being affirmed by your father, you have layers and layers and layers of needs to be affirmed. Mm-hmm. So you just have to figure out which part is my love language, which part is my childhood trauma, mm-hmm. and which part is him just not doing his job. Okay. There's layers yeah. to this. You see <laughs> which is like a whole nother episode. <laughs> and we're going to have to have Stephanie come back. So we can talk about love languages. Girl, I'll be here, your resident life coach, whenever you're ready. <laughs> so, but you're, that is, that's, it's actually profound to break it down like that. And it does make a hell of a lot of sense. And it also just makes sense as to why I feel like I'm an imposter. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, because of not having that assurance and those affirmations from a young age, mm-hmm. from a male. And, and, and I probably was getting it outside of him as a young girl from males, but I guess, subconsciously like well if it ain't coming from my daddy it don't matter it don't matter that's what men fail to realize i don't care if you're living in the house with your daughters i don't care if you're out the house and you're just a baby's father affirm your daughters Mm -hmm. their intelligence their physicality i don't care if it's just their toenails girl you got pretty feet (laughs) 
tell your daughter, tell your daughter you love her smile. Yeah. Tell her that she is stunning. Tell yeah. her that her hair in its natural state, her hair in its perm state, her hair in its bold state. Mm-hmm. Affirm her from head to toe mm-hmm. as often as you can. I agree. Because some man is going to hate you down the line because you did not do it and she needs it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And the minute I date, they probably like, oh my God, Honey, tell the girl she cute for God's they sake. They mad at your father, child, because I know my exes are mad at mine. Child. For God's sake, tell the girl that you're cute. Um, so, okay, so now that we've got down to the bottom of where my imposter syndrome yes. comes from, what do you suggest that the listeners do to try to figure out where, because I think it is imperative that you first figure out the root yes, of so your yeah. imposter syndrome yep. before you try to rectify it. You have to get to the root of any and everything, right? Mm-hmm. To to start to acknowledge that there's a problem here, mm-hmm. right? So I acknowledge there's a problem. Now let me find out where the problem lies. Mm-hmm. How did it fester? Where did it come from? Mm-hmm. I don't care if that's soul searching, journaling, Mary J. Blige or some wine. I don't care <laughs> what it's going to take. <laughs> <laughs> a life coach such as myself mm-hmm. start to under un, start to investigate so you can remove the mask of what the actual problem is mm-hmm. where it comes from whether it's a daddy issue a mommy issue whatever once you do that give it a name mm-hmm. when you were going through what you were going through with the dpd you didn't know what to call it mm-hmm. and if i don't know what to call it i don't know how to face it I don't know what it is so how can i even google right. or tell someone because i feel i'm embarrassed right I'm, I feel stupid. I'm right. just saying I feel crazy. Mm-hmm. Give it a and name. you know, I was saying like, girl, I can't even explain yes. what I'm going through because I think y'all going to think I'm going crazy. And I was like, Toya, you ain't crazy. <laughs> you worth you worth your love. Like, you don't yeah. have to ever feel yeah. you crazy around mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But once you gave it a name, one mm-hmm. of your episodes, I think it was your second episode, or maybe the first one, when you were just explaining what it was, you sound so free. Mm-hmm. It, it gave you a freedom. Like, I now know what it is. Yeah. Now I can be like, motherfucker, let's go. <laughs> yes. Now let's go. <laughs> now we're going to get rid of you. Now we're going to get rid of you. So step yeah. one, um, like I said, you have to make sure you, first of all, you have to admit, let's say, oh, oh, as they always say, with any um, addiction, they say the first step to recovery is admittance and acknowledgement. Okay. You have mm-hmm. to admit and acknowledge that there's a problem. Right. Then get to the root of the problem is step two. Mm-hmm. Number three, call it by its name. Mm-hmm. Call it by its name. Nothing gets acknowledged. You, If I walk in the street and be like, hey, girl, you're not going to turn around. But if I say Toya, mm-hmm. you're going to turn around because I acknowledge you by name. Okay. Figure okay. out what it is. If it is imposter syndrome, if it is self-doubt, which are, you know, related, call it by its name. A lot of people don't like to say, I feel like an imposter. Yeah. Say it out loud. Yeah. Look yourself in the mirror. I feel fake and phony. Yes. Like you you smiling at somebody at work and it's uh, just like, this feels I'm so fake. I'm just a messy chick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Talk to yourself. Acknowledge that. Say that out loud and then allow the process to be what it's going to be. I say that because my process for my imposter syndrome is different from yours. Okay. So now what is your um, imposter syndrome? Because, you know, you're a life architect. So I it's am. like your life is probably already, it's, I feel like your life is just perfect. In you are uh, such a lie. The <laughs> blood of Jesus. No, my life is not perfect. Like everybody else, I feel self-doubt and like an imposter all the time, especially when it comes to my education. Mm. I am a high school dropout. Okay. While you was in college, I was trying to find my love and penis. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was finding my love and penis too in But college. I didn't know you could do that in college. I came with you, girl. I didn't know. You know, I come from a single household, a Spanish mama in the Bronx. And for me, it was trying to find that love I didn't get from my father, my daddy issues in the streets. I was mm-hmm. trying to find it. I was smoking all the weed, mm-hmm. you know, going to every party. I thought I was little Kim. I'm sneaking in the tunnel. <laughs> we all thought we was little Kim. You want like, that with that B, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was out here doing um, everything that wasn't doing anything, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't get an education. Mm-hmm. I got a GED. And I always felt that I wasn't smart enough mm-hmm. till this day. Till when you said, come on my podcast, I said, Lord, she's going to ask me to talk. I don't know what I'm going to say. Mm. I always feel like education wise, I don't feel like I articulate myself well. I feel Girl. like. <laughs> and you be talking so, and it's like, it comes right off the top of your head to me. And I'd be like, wait, say that again. Cause I didn't even, it, it, it my was dyslexia, <laughs> the whatever I got. <laughs> You get on my nerves, you see? But we don't see what we see in ourselves and each other, mm-hmm. right? Because when mm-hmm. you talk about yourself, I'm like, girl, you fine as hell. What you talking about? Right. But we don't have the same issues. And I just always felt that because I don't have that piece of paper, I didn't go to Hillman. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't go. I wasn't in a different world. Mm-hmm. I would like to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you went to college. A lot of people I know went to college. And I just felt that that meant that I wasn't smart enough or good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm on the stage at Hofstra University, Toya, in Long Island with 500 people. 
the keynote speaker and I'm in the green room ready to run. Yeah. And yeah. my husband came back there. Shout out to Denisio Shoots. Hey. Hey, boo. My photographer, my videographer hey, was just DJ. like, yo, handle that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even his, the way he affirms me is like a dude. He affirms me in a different way. He was just like, my, go handle that. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see you practicing. You wrote this speech out. You walk the. You walk our apartment back and forth. Mm-hmm. You record yourself. Like you got this. There's nothing that you're here for a reason. And while on that stage, pouring into all of them girls, even afterwards with them running up to me, crying, wanting to take selfies. After that, my um, we had breakout sessions. My room was packed and it was standing room only. Even with all of that, I still was just like. I, I don't think I said anything that was worth them listening to all day. Yes, you know Even that. Even with that. I, I, I've experienced that with someone I know mm-hmm. who is a speaker. And she afterwards, she got a standing ovation. Doesn't matter. And then afterwards, she was like, I don't know, like, you know, if I even like, did they like, you know, like, did they learn something? Right. So then it became that, you know, it was anxiety leaning up to being able to do it. And then once it was done and received well, then it was, I don't even know if I left a mark on these people. You don't know, even though they're showing you just like in your relationships, even though he's here, Mm -hmm. you like, do he really want to be here? I'm like, I got to stand and oh, but are they just standing because like they butt hurt from sitting? You know what I mean? Are they doing that because the other person stood up? Right. Because you know, energy is real. So once one person start running, all black people start running, right? So I'm just figuring you just getting up because she got up. Right. Or you just clapping because she's clapping. And that's my imposter syndrome issue with my education. Mm -hmm. And I have been in rooms that someone you know, with a GED technically wasn't supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. We've both been in rooms that girls from the Bronx, you know, with our background shouldn't be in. Yeah. And I yeah. fight. I fight that mother... Can I curse? Yeah, you I can fight curse. this motherfucking imposter <laughs> syndrome. Let me tell you, we be in war sometimes Yeah, because you're not going to win. Yeah. I am not going to blow this opportunity. And I tell people all the time, I am not fearless. I am brave. I am scared to death every single day, but I get up and I do it anyway. Right. I allow my imposter to come in. I say, what you here for? Mm-hmm. Like, talk to it. Mm-hmm. What, you, what do you want? Yeah. Let me be a good host to you. Come mm-hmm. sit down. Let me ask you what you want because I'd be damned if you try to be a squatter up in here. Right. I'd be damned if you try to buy mortgage up in my mental space. Right. So let me be a good host to you. Let me ask you, what are you here to teach me? Mm-hmm. Why are you here? What are you here to let me know that I need to work on? Okay. And that's how I get through it. Okay. So, and once you start to get those answers um, and start to figure out, like now you know. So out there, so now we know we have imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. If you, if you're listening, you have it. And you're, and you're, and if in, in, anything we're saying is resonating with you, you now know you have imposter syndrome. Right. So now that we've discovered that and we've came to that, we've asked ourselves the questions, mm-hmm. we've got the reasons why we have it. Mm-hmm. What's our next step? Well, it depends. It depends on the depth of your imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Some people can help themselves and some people need help. Mm-hmm. Right? So like, that's why I said what might work for me might not work for you and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I might need to go to a therapist or a life coach. Mm-hmm. And there is a difference. And let me give you guys a quick analogy. If you feel that the mountain is on top of you and you are suffocating, you need therapy. If you are at the mountain and you're ready to climb up and you need guidance and you don't know where to begin, you can use a life coach. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because people often ask me, well, what's the difference between you and a therapist? I'm like, well, if you under the rock and can't see, <laughs> don't come over here. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't lift the rock. Right. No, I can't yeah. lift the rock. Yeah. But if you at Mount Sinai, you ready to climb it, you yeah. ready to go find <laughs> Jesus, you ready to go get them Ten Commandments, then you can call me. Okay. Um, depending on what you need and how deep your self-doubt is, mm-hmm. it might not be as serious as I need you know, anything other than to journal and figure out the root. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it might not be anything other than, you know, I need to really start doing affirmations when I, in the morning, afternoon, and night. Mm-hmm. I need to meditate. Mm-hmm. It could be that, or it could be like, let me get on um, the internet and find where Stephanie at, at BOCNY.org. <laughs> exactly, y'all. And let me go book her for a session. Yes, book her. because <laughs> Book her, because she works. Thank you. Thank you. So it depends. I will never give a blanket statement on things like that, because mm-hmm. I feel that's where a lot of therapists, coaches, and healers go wrong. They want to give you a how-to, but my how-to might not be your how-to. Right. So you have to be careful with just generalizing certain, you know, practices. Exactly. So what are your steps for the ones who are already at Mount Sinai? (laughs) Okay. What are your steps for us to, you know, start this journey? Well, let me pull up my notes because I got a few (laughs) for you. (laughs) We already talked about acknowledging. I'm ready to take notes. We already talked about acknowledging, admitting, and calling it by name. Mm -hmm. I would like to find out how, I would ask you to write down, like, how do you define and celebrate achievements and success. 
Okay. So how do I define it? How do you define success and achievement? Like, I guess, I don't know how I would define it. Well, that's what, that's what your homework would be. Find out how do you define success and achievement and, and celebrate. Because if you don't know how you define it, how do you know that it's a real imposter moment or you just, you know, not paying attention to what's going on? So when you say define, like saying, okay, me, me getting a new job, I'm defining that as success. Yes. How okay. Do you so me success? being able to, um, me being able to be an entrepreneur at this point and work for myself, because I think I'm at a point now where I don't want to give anybody else, any company, the uh, power to have uh, to make decisions about my well-being. Okay, perfect. So that's professionally. Mm-hmm. So you would professionally. have to break it down personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. How do you define success, right? So you would say professionally as an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. But that's very blanketed, right? That's generic. What kind of entrepreneur? I don't know. Okay. So this is what I mean. It's a lot of, I don't know, because we don't Mm -hmm. ask ourselves these questions. Right. And I would encourage you to write it down, not just think about it, because Mm -hmm. you need to go back to it. You need to be able to amend your goals. You need Mm -hmm. to be able to amend things that you, you know, people be like, I just thought about it. No, no, no. But now you can't remember what you thought. Right. Either write it down or use your notepad and your iPhones and on your laptops or whatever. Mm -hmm. When you define it, break it down. Mm -hmm. Break it down into... um, attain attainable bites. Okay. So when I'm breaking down success, you mean, so now I need to break down if I'm, if, if I'm out there speaking, I'm helping people who have the imposter syndrome for in relationships yes. like I do. Yes. How, I would need to break down what a successful relationship means. To yes. Me. Okay. That's, and that's when you bleed into the personal side. Okay. Because successful relationships are layered. Mm-hmm. And personal and professional. There's mm-hmm. a lot of layers that go into success and sustainability, mm-hmm. right? So when people say, I just want a happy marriage. Well, what does that mean? What does that look like? You're mm-hmm. going to have to break all that stuff down and write it down. And when you get that list going, you will realize that, oh, I checked that one off. I am yeah. a success. Yeah. You will see that you're constantly filling those holes of I'm not worthy, those imposter holes, because you are doing the do. Mm-hmm. Those lists make okay. you go back to realize like, oh my God, it's not just this one big thing. Mm-hmm. Today I did this on the list. I'm a success. Yeah. You get what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's too much. I feel like the self-help industry just tells you these big things that are really unattainable. Mm-hmm. They just like, Oh, go love yourself. But yeah. how? <laughs> right. Right. Like, say affirmations over and over. I love but myself. But say what? I can say that over and over again, but I need to feel it. I need to feel it. And mm-hmm. when I don't feel it, what do I do and how do I do it? Yes, right. And then yes. once I get to how do I do it, how do I do the next thing? Right. Right. And right. that's what coaching is. It's more guiding. It's just like, okay, this is what we're doing. We're going to break it down into bites. Mm-hmm. Because you got this whole apple you're trying to swallow that just says, I want to be an entrepreneur or I want to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. But what does that look like? Mm-hmm. What does your relationship taste like, smell like, sound like? What does it look like on a daily basis? Right. That way, when you're in it and you go, okay, I want him to reach out to me and say, hey, beautiful, good morning in a text. And when you got that, you can check that off and be like, oh my goodness, we are successful. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So you can stop looking at yourself like this relationship is a failure. No, go back to the list of things you said you wanted in your mm-hmm. relationship. Yeah. realize how much is actually coming to pass. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So, and that's our first step. That's our first step. Uh, I'll give you one more because other than that, you're going to have to book me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I need you to also understand that facts don't need evidence. Okay. We always are looking for evidence. Imposter syndrome people, self people full of self-doubt are always looking for evidence to um, combat our self-doubt. Like, he don't love me. Like you said, you'll question him a million times. He don't like me because he didn't do this a million times. He doesn't want me because I don't look like her. Ask him what he likes about you. Mm-hmm. Ask him why he's here. Mm-hmm. You don't need any evidence when he gives you his facts. Mm-hmm. Right? Ask the employer is there anything about me you feel that stands out mm. for anyone else in this position or the person who held this position previous before I did? You don't need to think or overanalyze when you have the facts. Right. We're scared to get facts mm. because we want our anxiety to speak for everything and everybody instead of asking the person. This is true. Like, just ask him. Yeah. Hey, babe, do you think I look hot today? <laughs> I mean, what? like, yeah. just stop over analyzing everything and go straight to the source. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he told me what it is. And this is my self-doubt and my imposter trying to tell me what it's not. Let me try to believe him. Right. Let me make the better life choice to believe him because I asked him. Mm-hmm. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to wonder. Mm-hmm. I got the actual proof from the boss, from the friend, from the man, from the parent. 
I think the key thing right there, what you just said was to me that resonated was let me try to believe him. Mm -hmm. Like give my, give myself and give the person I'm dating a chance to believe. And be honest with him. You know, not everybody can hang with all my mental shit. I get Mm -hmm. it. We're scared to push people away. Mm -hmm. We're scared if we really remove our mask and tell him that I'm having anxiety right now that he won't think I'm sexy. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You're not going to be sexy in every moment of the day Mm -hmm. to him, her, anybody else. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be looked at as other than ass. Yeah. It's okay if he looks at you like a human being who's in need. And if he's a man, I didn't say a boy wrapped in a man's flesh. I said, if he's a man who is also working on his shit and okay with you working on your shit, it won't necessarily turn him off. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be turned on. Yeah, because the right person won't be turned off. No, just like in professional, you know, professionally, if I go in, I ask my supervisor for an for an, uh, meeting to an evaluation, get to, an evaluation yes. to get some reassurance. Like the right, the right employee, the right boss won't be turned off. Absolutely, and we yeah. have to be okay with the unknown. Mm-hmm. Anxiety is fearing of the of the future, you know, mm-hmm. overanalyzing and thinking what could be. Mm-hmm. What instead of being present and mm-hmm. focusing on what it is now. Mm-hmm. What it is now is I have a manager who has an open door policy. Well, let me go open that door. Yeah. What it is is I have a man that I claim that I trust mm-hmm. and that claims he loves me. I'm going to put that to the test today. Yeah. It's okay. And well, for people who are just starting out dating mm-hmm. and they start putting their foot in their mouth. Right. At that point though, they it's hard to believe, though. It's hard to say at that point, like, I'm just going to go out on a limb and just believe him. Oh, no. I completely you know what understand. I'm saying? Yes. You know why? Because tr- the definition of trust for me is the construction of your vulnerability mm-hmm. and learning to retrust. When you have trust issues like someone like me, it was the reconstruction of my vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And he had to help with that. Mm-hmm. Brick by brick. Mm-hmm. piece by piece. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something that may be a turn off to you or it may not, but I trust that you're going to give me a safe place to do so. Mm. Words mean things. Yeah. Let this person know that you're letting them in. And if they don't know how to handle it, it's okay. But you need to know that they understand who you are on every surface, on every layer. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting into relationships two, three years in, and we're not showing ourselves it until like we're like babied in, moved in, yeah. shacked up. Yeah. And then it's like, he flipped or he turned crazy. No, he's been having, you or he has had his representative living with you all this time. He finally feels comfortable enough. To let go. Or <laughs> or the representative said, I'm not hiding no more. Ain't about comfort. I yeah. just got to let me out. <laughs> I got to let out. True, you know? true, true. And, and it's true. <clears throat> but I guess I was just, I'm, I guess in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I mean, I don't have, but I know I have listeners yes. who don't even feel like they can get past the first date. I get it. Or they feel like they can't get past um, texting Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. in their mind, they're thinking, I'm not good enough. So it becomes a sabotage from the very beginning. From day one. From day one. So that's why it's just so hard. You know what I mean? To like, we just started texting. So now I'm supposed to like- Tell you I'm going to therapy? No. I get it. I get it. I get it. And for those who are not, if you're in phase, you know, one at first base- yeah, like we're month, listen. Though. We're sweating in here. <laughs> I can't. I'm not. I don't have my AC on, so that we don't. I just realized my armpits were wet. Listen, I'm sweating. I probably smell a little musty. No, you don't. <laughs> I would have told you, girl. I love you that much. I just realized we're like recording with no AC. It's but fine. anyway, it's a good combo. Anyway, um, I understand because it's new. I'm nervous. I'm yeah. scared. I don't yeah. want to be a turn off. Mm-hmm. But guess what? My mental health, my sanity is more important than being looked at as a turn on. Mm-hmm. Like we prioritize entertainment and mm-hmm. lust over health all right. the time. Right. And I'm not saying as soon as you met him at the bar, you're like, hey, um, I have three appointments with my therapist this week. Yeah. No, I'm not saying do that. Maybe you might not need to be texting anybody until you get this self imposter shit in order. Right. Like, let's go there. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. you need not to yeah. be in any dating situations until you've seen that therapist, that life coach, until you started doing the work. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're biting off more than you can chew. Okay. Maybe you need not to be all involved in trying to get dick down. Right. Right. Okay. Come on, that's a that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> that's a word because Maybe. you know that whole dick down thing gets you a little caught up. Girl. It gets you caught up and dick <laughs> make, up, dick down, dick right start dick making life. the wrong decisions. Girl, so poor anyway, life choices. Yes. Poor, life, poor choices. life choices. Poor life the choices. The coochie make them do it too. <laughs> so maybe you need not to be engaged. Maybe you could take the number and be like, yo, when I'm mentally ready, I'll holler at you. Yeah. If you're still around. Yeah. Or maybe just stop 
putting your lust needs before your mental and your mm-hmm, emotional needs. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not about texting him and letting him know or letting her know you have a representative. Maybe it's about getting yourself in order first. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's, that's definitely great advice um, because we are so caught up in instant gratification. And then when it doesn't happen the way you want it to happen, then the snowball effect of the imposter syndrome. Oh, I think, yeah. You're not worthy all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Yes, because, exactly. But it wasn't even the right setup from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not about you not being worthy. It's about that you put something before what was supposed to be. You put this relationship, this date, this hot dude, this vacation, whatever it is, over your sanity. Mm-hmm. Like, get your shit together. <laughs> like, <laughs> no one's telling each other the real, like, get it together. Yeah. You can you can miss a few nights out. Yeah. Like, go pray, go journal, go meditate, go your therapist you're not missing nothing when you're getting yourself together exactly i believe so i believe that too well i'm definitely going to be working on my imposter syndrome me too girl i have to work on both of mine like the professional one for sure for sure relationship i don't mean i mean not that i don't really care about it that much but i mean i do notice that it's a thing i'm sure i can work it out and fix it um but as far as like me professionally wanting to feel like I belong in professional settings, I'm definitely going to work hard on my questions. Like what does professional success look look like to me? Mm -hmm. Um, So I thank you so much for this. This was so good. This was fun. Thank you. And if you guys want to find Stephanie, book Stephanie, or even just follow her because she always gives out these gems on her social media. I'm <laughs> tuned you. in and her newsletter. How do we find that? Thank you. My website is blcny.org. That is O-R-G. Or you can find <laughs> me at BLC New York, B-L-C-N-E-W-Y-O-R-K across all social media platforms. As an entrepreneur, I think it's important to make it easy to find you. Mm-hmm. So if you have different names on different social media platforms, I don't think that's why. So <laughs> it is B-L-C-N-E-W-Y-O-R-K, BLC New York, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And my email is CoachStephanie at blcny.org. Nice. So do you have any closing remarks before we just... I do. I do. I just want to tell everybody listening, you know, not everything is healable. Mm -hmm. Some things are only about management, the pain management of it all. Mm -hmm. And I want you to be okay if you feel like I went to therapy, I did coaching, I prayed, I meditated, but this thing is still here. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Some trauma is so real, so deep, that it will not be removed. But I believe everything is manageable. Love yourselves always and always. All right, guys. Well, that's it for Analog Girl. I hope y'all enjoyed. I ain't gonna hold y'all and I ain't gonna let y'all hold me. So we'll talk soon. Bye.